Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Mold Life Podcast. This week, I'm here with Alex Gathaway, uh, YouTuber and founder of Lofty. We're going to ask her more about that in a moment. Alex, say hi to the people. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Awesome. Let's roll the intro. Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creatives, problem solvers, and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. Well, Alex, I'm so happy that you uh, took some time out to be with us here on the podcast and to share a little bit about what you're doing um, and to kind of let some of the, some of my audience know about who you are. I first heard about you uh, on YouTube. I guess you popped up on my feed maybe last year at some point. And immediately uh, you struck me as somebody who was uh, very authentic, somebody who was not like just a average YouTuber who just kind of doing um, whatever is trending to get that type of uh, uh, clickbait, not, not even clickbait, just to make the algorithm work for what's, for what uh, how YouTube works. Mm -hmm. And you instantly, you know, it resonated with me how you were just a little bit different in terms of how you do your, your, your work. First off, please share um, a little bit about what is your um, approach to your to your channel. What's your channel about? Mm, this is a this is an important question for me right now as I'm doing a little bit of a shift uh, for my own personal brand content. Um, really, what my channel is about is storytelling and and how to integrate what you're passionate about into those stories and into your content as somebody who wants to like create content full time is my passion is really about, okay, how do we feel fulfilled in our work and how do we like find meaning in it, which is why I was really excited about the concept for your podcast as well. Um, so in the past, like I've, I've, I've definitely uh, implemented some filmmaking tutorials on my channel cause it's what I've, what I do for work. I'm a filmmaker. I own my own production company. So I've definitely put that into my channel, but really it's about story and uh, finding meaning in that story. Yeah, and is that kind of how everything started? Is with um, the your YouTube channel kind of started with more production stuff, more tutorial stuff, more reviews. Um, but how long have you been doing YouTube for? Because you're not like a, a a spring chicken. You've been doing it for a minute. Yeah, I think. Oh gosh, I don't know what the exact time was. I think I started my first YouTube videos officially when I was like, okay, I'm going to make a YouTube channel was maybe the beginning of, or the middle of 2018, I think was my first and series. And, and when did you see it like starting to get traction? My first video that, well, it's hard to say what traction is because when I started a daily vlog, that was about uh, four months after I decided to start a YouTube channel. And I did a hundred days of daily vlogging and that kind of got me to understand the concept of, okay, there are like a solid hundred people that are watching each one of my vlogs and starting to understand the idea of community behind what YouTube can really be, uh, outside of being just a spectator and somebody watching, um, just to recognize the same people commenting on videos and stuff that was, was a really important part of the journey of seeing like, oh, this is what this can be. 
yeah and that era like 2017 2018 um a lot of people were doing the daily vlogs it's it's since died down a little bit like mm-hmm. it was made famous almost by casey neistat where he did it for uh, i forget how how long how many episodes at first before he ever actually broke away from it um yeah. but there, there's a lot of people who did that daily vlog um and for a while that's also uh was rewarded on i guess on youtube and it was actually fun content right like people mm-hmm. if you had if you actually had like someone like me who is looking for other people like me you know online to see what what does somebody who owns a production company actually do or somebody who is a creator at large like casey neistat or something like that what do they actually do a day-to-day basis it's mm-hmm. actually really interesting to see and people want to see that authentic production of video but there's still um a story uh, sprung all throughout it and now it's more episodic where people are trying to put together curated moments that they can then show their their audience yeah definitely it's shifted in the last few years absolutely and what do you feel like the trends in terms of like online content like there's everything is is moving faster and faster so like you said you're pivoting your channel and i don't know if you know what what you're gonna what the plan is or hopes are Mm -hmm. for your channel in the future but what do you feel like some of these um broader trends that we are seeing um in the online space because i feel like uh not only are things moving faster but there is more appetite for it not just because we're in like the corona thing and Mm -hmm. all the people that are at home but i feel like the technology is finally catching up with the demand where you know people have more access to internet faster internet and people are being also more creative Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's it's an interesting question of like, what's, what are the trends across even just a platform like YouTube? Because it's, it's so specific. Like I know what's, what's, what the trend is on what's showing up in my homepage on YouTube. Right. But every so often when I get on maybe like a re uh, like a really deep research dive or something, or I, or I click on one video that's outside of my normal viewing habits. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing more of those. I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's a whole pocket of YouTube that I didn't even know existed. Right. But I think you're you're nailing it when you say like it is more episodic. We are seeing more series style stuff that could actually be on Netflix. You're just seeing a lot more production quality being raised uh, in certain pockets of YouTube, which is where I enjoy being on YouTube uh, as a viewer and hopefully as a creator as well. But in general, you still have it's a really interesting mix online, in my opinion, of like some people are going more episodic, higher production value, but then you also have this want and need from audiences, especially on YouTube, Instagram stories, TikTok, of just the like not polished content. It feels more authentic. People really have a craving for that as well. So I think it's an interesting space to play in where it's like highly produced story-wise but also like feels really authentic and maybe shot in an iphone like who knows it's it's a really interesting space and how it's all evolving right now yeah a lot of the late night um hosts are doing their own take on on that right where they the production value was basically you know fallon's wife is holding up the camera the last track is is actually his kids and you know jimmy's (laughs) riding around with uh, an ipad taped to the mirror of his car so he can drive by and talk to people 
um, and now you're seeing people are getting more sophisticated. So um, uh, Fallon is doing more storytelling and they're relying more on those principles rather than the technology because the first couple episodes were, were pretty rough when you <laughs> saw them, right? Like they were like, okay, yep. you guys don't know what you're doing. You've never, you guys are now becoming YouTubers and YouTubers are like, oh, I can help you so much if you would just do a couple yep. of things correctly. Like your your wife is holding the camera and she's blocking the mic. The mic is at the bottom, like all these little things. And now <laughs> they're starting to understand, okay, if I want this to be um, incrementally better than what it was before, there's some simple stuff that I can do that can do that. And more than anything, more than production value, people want to care if it's authentic, if it's engaging, if it's something mm-hmm. that they really can, you know, um, uh, see themselves in and understand what's going on. Uh, yep. I'm super interested to see what happens afterwards when we all go back to quote unquote the new normal and yep. uh, how does that all play? Like, how do how, are these, you know, are these people going to all have their jobs afterwards? Not not just Fallon. I'm, I'm talking like the production t- staff because mm-hmm. they're still getting millions of views um, on, a, on a team of two people versus, you know, maybe I think there's 60, 70 people that yep. it takes to produce the show for, yeah, for, for late night or, or any of the, of the late night shows. So it's like, how do we, how does this change for all of us? And we really have to, um, learn about people that's one thing that i guess i've learned um being in a creative space is people over brands and communities over you whatever your you know bottom line is you know people if you care about people and if you care about what they do and how they behave online then you will have the most traction versus if you Mm -hmm. only are self-fulfilling then you're not going to see that type of traction yeah no i think i think it's going to be really interesting like you said coming out of this because i I've been ever since, I mean, before even Will Smith joined YouTube, right? But you just, you're seeing more A-listers join the platform and then you have this whole thing happen where they have no other option. And so you're seeing it all shift and I'm, I'll be curious to see how many A-list celebrities are continuing with their YouTube content and independently creating as well and figuring out, okay, how do I, how do I create content? Oh, okay. I can do this between my movies and really connect with and and gain a loyal audience that way well even how how are they going to make movies in the future right like uh, it's not going to be able to so i guess it's hurting a lot of a-listers money like income income wise um not really hurting but it's 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 making a difference if you're not working and if they want their brand which is their face and their name to stay relevant they have to kind of say okay i guess i need to be more prominent where people are and you're seeing you know people doing more and more tiktoks and people on uh, um, Instagram live uh, trying yeah. to make sure you don't forget who they are like listen this face <laughs> you have to remember when I, I'm back in my movie uh, that you're going to come and see me right like people people want to um, still find a way to not just make money but be relevant I think more than anything mm-hmm. yeah for sure so in terms of like passion versus, you know, taking a break or a pause, um, I feel like this is something a lot of creatives have to come to grips with at some point. Some people are smart enough to do this from the beginning and others, it takes them maybe trial and error of figuring out um, what does exactly if this mean for me and how to like, how do I calibrate this? But everybody uh, has to find a, a way to to take a break to allow their muscle, their brain muscle 
muscle to relax so that they can be even more creative. Did you ever have anything like that in, term, in terms of your journey of, uh, of creating content for a living, of where there's burnout, where you're working nonstop and passionate people always find more projects to do and that's just some that's part of the it's a blessing and a curse so it's like how how do i then you know also make time for myself how do i then take time to say hey you know what i'm gonna take a little bit of break go on vacation all those wonderful things yeah and i think as content creators when you say you're gonna take a vacation like when that actually means travel or something where you're going to a new place uh, my default is to capture it anyway so it isn't really a vacation like when you're when you're passionate in your life it, and all these things are so closely tied it's it's really hard to actually force yourself to take a mental break um for me i i think those mental breaks don't come when i travel they actually come just from from weekends and and taking like you for someone who has where I've worked for myself since I graduated college in 2014. So, um, every, everything that everyone's going through right now, figuring out how to work from home and, and set your own schedule. I've been like exploring this kind of stuff since I guess for like six years. Right. And I'm still every day working to improve and, and figure things out. But in terms of avoiding burnout as a creative, I think you just have to set boundaries and set limits for yourself. And the most important thing that I've found is acknowledging that, that it's okay to take a break, that it's okay. And more so it's necessary because you're, you're not going to be able to keep going at any sort of speed for it's not sustainable. You have to take breaks. And, and for me, that always means like forced breaks because if you don't force them, if you don't 100%. set boundaries, then it just not, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Like I was very, um, proud to see like the way certain YouTubers have spoken about it. Like, especially at the advent or not the advent where the, where it kind of wound down this daily vlogging was so prevalent with so many different uh, creators where they spoke about the effects of it. And they spoke about, listen, you got to get your head in the right space. And the moment you, um, the moment you focus solely on views and on, on all the analytics, it's like a drug and it can, <laughs> it can become addictive. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to quote Logan Paul, but Logan Paul said recently on one of his <laughs> videos that I just seen that uh, uh, you got to treat it like it's your resume, where no matter what the engagement is or no matter at the end of the day, you just have to be proud of what you did and not worry so much about how many people saw it. Well, how many people saw it and keep refreshing and clicking and and or not even in that sense or even in the opinion of others or how do people receive it and what did they say about it all the comments he's like you got to be satisfied with your own work and that gives you more um liberty to take a break and take a pause and be like okay you know what i'm just gonna take a moment whether it is just like a weekend or even a day allow yourself to like i find sometimes you know i started uh self-employment about four years ago and at the beginning it's like well i can't take a break i can't take a break mm -hmm. later 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 and then you, the more you really like, no no if i want to do this for a long period of time if this is the way i want to live my life with these liberties then i'm going to have to pace myself and know when to be super passionate and when to take a pause and be like okay take a little break and everybody has their thing you know some people drink lattes every single day some <laughs> people buy lots of handbags or shoes like sneaker heads and stuff like that and i'm one of those guys where i'm like listen i'm probably going to check my email every day i'm probably going to be on social 
social media every day, but you have to know yourself and be like, okay, this day or this, you know, couple of hours while I really got something I got to do. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to take the moment, spend time with my family, people mm-hmm. that I care about, some friends and kind of unwind. I really believe that it's um, uh, important to the creative process to be away from something like that. There's a uh, author called Todd Henry who talks about um, every day he goes for a walk um, mm-hmm. and he's like, just so that I'm away from my work. And then when I come back, I resume what I was doing most of his ideas come from the time away versus um, where he's where he's still and he's not you know in the process rather than when he's busy because then his mind can be uh, easily cluttered. Definitely, I would agree. I fully with that. I'm fortunate that I have a dog and we walk twice a day, and like I make sure that that time is spent just enjoying that walk 45 minutes clear mind and it is it's proven walking is proven to be like one of the most like insane ways to increase your creativity it just it just works so just stepping away from that desk no matter what you're working on is important for our physical health is has a huge impact on our mental health and actually our mental clarity so absolutely yeah um I want to to talk about, you know, authenticity and how that's perceived to be to help you be more creative. Like, I feel there's a lot of uh, creatives that I follow, whether it's on YouTube or other places like Jeff Sheldon of Monk, And I like Sarah Dietschy and Peter McKinnon, all these type of people, you know, the, they resonate with people because they are more relatable. Like, I understand to an extent everybody has to do somewhat be on like when you're on camera you have to make sure you're enunciating your words and speaking clearly even i'm doing that right now on this podcast this is not necessarily how i speak with my wife like that would be very annoying but for the purpose of this interview right we don't know know each other i'm trying to portray and present that i'm excited to be uh, talking with you so there's the same thing online where people now that everyone's on ig live and everybody is on you know youtube live and facebook replays and all these different things you know everyone is trying to find their voice and there are some people like yourself who i think um who have taken the time to kind of hone in their voice so they don't have to be so on uh they can kind of just speak and this is my online voice where i feel comfortable and natural and i don't feel like whoo okay it's done now turn off the camera where i feel Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of people who are on that trend right now trying to find okay how do i find my voice how do i like physically and also in theoretically like how do i find my voice but how do i portray myself online that's authentic to me so i don't feel like it's fake or just dual personalities yeah it's it's a really philosophical thing is it's just like okay because i like that you said physically too because there is a point where you actually have to physically what does your voice sound like when you're making online content i actually just uh, last week, my wife had and I had to record a video that they were going to present to the uh, student athletes at our undergrad. We played basketball together in undergrad, so they reached out and they wanted some videos. And Alex I'm was like, a champion, by the way, of Division Three basketball. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Natty champs. Um, <laughs> thank you. But I, I was I pulled her video into the computer. And I'm like, this is so funny because. Every time she goes on camera, which is rare, her voice changes. And it's 
it, I don't know if it would be obvious to everybody, but for me, it's like immediate. I'm like, whoa, your voice gets like higher. It's like, are you trying to be more professional or like, what are these things that are happening? And she was like, sorry, like I haven't done a hundred vlogs, like get off my back. I've got to find my voice. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, it really, that's one of the, my favorite things about my daily vlogging experience is it made me comfortable from going behind the camera for my whole life to going in front of it. And it actually, that was the number one thing it did is help me find that voice. So it's like, if that's the journey you're on right now, the only way that I can see it being a possibility for you to find your voice, both physically and figuring out how to speak authentically and like be yourself in front of the camera is to do it. Practice, 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 and more practice. Because if I hadn't, if I haven't made 150 videos at this point, like I would still be struggling to find that. And, uh, so there's, I don't think there's any way around it. You just have to keep going. Yeah, I, I started a YouTube channel, uh, not a good one, but like a couple of years ago, and I stopped, <laughs> right? Because I'm like, this is so much work. And people, I know like it's a cliche, but people don't really know how hard it is to do something um, like that. It's one thing to post a video once about like a reaction or whatever, or mm -hmm. something that's trending, you know, like, you know, a new iPhone came out and you happen to have one. It's a different thing altogether when you are, um, for lack of a better word, a personality on the internet who is people are now familiar with you and expect content from you so you need to be true to yourself but you also have to be um authentic to them as well and say listen you guys have known me from all this time you know my personality you know my traits you know the type of things that i do on a regular basis so mm -hmm. you want to portray that and to share that with them so that they can kind of get a sense of um not only what you're showing them or telling Telling them, but that you're really engaging with them, and this is like a conversation. That's the beauty of YouTube or all these different live social media platforms is that people get more of a sense that they are really connecting with the person they're seeing on the screen, like never before. Like when, when Facebook was just posts and pokes and likes and all those different <laughs> things, that was cool. That was a step above what we were doing before, you know, postcards and emails. Uh, but this this is taking it again to another level where you know I kind of know the type of day that Jimmy has, Jimmy Fallon, or I, or I see how certain YouTubers live their life. Like, oh, this is kind of the real them, where they, mm -hmm. they after a while, you get to kind of see the type of uh, human being that they are. Absolutely. It's so powerful. It, it, I always equate that to, like, the, the way that I can think about that most simply is that, like, I went to New York uh, to go to 368 last year, and... Uh, I told my, I told my parents that I was going to stay with, uh, this girl that I met on, on Twitter, <laughs> like share a hotel room. <laughs> and they were like, you're, you're what? You're going to, you're going to just stay with a stranger. And I was like, you don't get it. Like we're not strangers because we see each we other's each other. videos yeah. every week. Like we know each other's lives. We know who we are more so than like was ever possible before. Like I know her better than people that I, played basketball with for four years in college right and it's just like that is the power of video online it's it's incredible 
Yeah, I was a part of a meetup a couple of years back in uh, Rhode Island, and we went to go eat like at a restaurant and stuff like that. And people were like, "So you guys are an eclectic group, you know? Like people from all over the place. Somebody was from the UK. I'm from Canada. Um, people from Texas and Cincinnati, all that kind of stuff. And like yeah. you guys look, you guys look, you, you guys look like 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 you're not from Rhode Island. Where are you <laughs> from? And we all start listing off where we're like, like, what are you guys doing here? And we tell them what we're doing here, and they're like how do you guys know each other? We're like, the internet. And they're like, just looking at us like, what? Like, how is this even possible? Like, yeah, you, you guys actually bought plane tickets and all came to one place to hang out and to meet. And like, yep. <laughs> yep. When else <laughs> are we going to meet each other in real life? <laughs> what exactly. Do you it's that, obvious. That's just how you do it. <laughs> Especially nowadays, that's just uh, how it's done. Um, so lastly, before I know we got some uh, time to go, before we time, before time is to go, uh, I want to talk about Lofty. This is your, um, I guess, one of your companies, right? One of your projects. Have, <laughs> you have a, a umbrella company where a lot of different things are coming out of. Um, but Lofty, for, uh, I'll let you explain it. Tell us what it is, um, how long you've been working on it, and when is it launching? Yeah, Lofty is my my long-term goal right now. It's the company that I have been working on for a bit. Still a bit to go on there, um, but it's essentially, it's a, it's a branded entertainment company, but it, it comes out of a platform that we're building, uh, developing to basically connect. It's almost like an influencer marketing platform, but it connects brands, creators, and nonprofits, and it, and it empowers that collaborative effort towards cause-related marketing kind of stuff. So um, it stems from brands needing to connect with audiences and their customers on an, an authentic-based um, level of what do we care about? What do you care about? What do I care about? And is it important to us that Nike cares about that same thing? And, and you know, you have nonprofits that are doing the groundwork. They're, they're hustling. They're getting things done in real life. And, and they're the hard workers. And then creators can tell stories because nonprofits, that's their, that's their number one asset is stories. And a lot of times, most often, they, they do not know how to or they don't have the budget to tell those stories. So that is lofty in a long, long form sentence. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's cool. How did this come about? Because um, this is something like oh, I'm almost like, oh, I wish I came up with this too. Like this is such a cool idea because I love nonprofits. I love the work that they do. And I see how they alleviate stress in certain communities, right? And everybody has a bit of a cause, um, whether it's local, regional, global, something right so it's like how do how do people who are really good at telling stories find these people um i just heard of in where in my in my home country in canada i heard of a organization who is now for the first time putting all of the charities together because if there is like um there's no database in our country of like all the charities um yeah. that puts everything in one location so we know resources what of uh, services are available all that type of stuff and they've been doing like um hackathons and getting it crowdsourced mm -hmm. to get it all nice. put together and it's been really really cool uh but it's one of those things where like there's these two really cool things how do people learn about each other how do people put this type of stuff together so that they can see a better change i feel like there's a lot of um 
people who are talented technically with storytelling and they have the gear, they have the understanding of composition, all that type of stuff, but they don't have necessarily the uh, the story that they want to share, or they don't necessarily mm-hmm. have the talent that they want to to uh, uh, to showcase. So it's like, okay, this is a way for them to kind of do that. Uh, I would love to to kind of hear a bit more of your process of starting out. How did this come to be? Yeah, I mean, there's just a serious lack of plumbing. Like, there's a lack of foundation in this industry, like this impact industry of how do we find each other? And it's you know, it's not that the impact industry is new. It's just always been seen as a space that didn't carry a lot of financial weight. Right. Um, but you know, consumers are changing. Millennials have changed that Gen Z is absolutely changing the way that brands consider their value-based branding. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild that it hasn't existed so far and I'm excited to be a part of that space in that way and serve, uh, just, humankind in that way. But the whole process actually started because of my video production company and wanting and having a, having a desire to work for nonprofits and tell their stories. But obviously as many people who have figured out, if you have a, uh, if you freelance, if you do video production, nonprofits just don't have the budget that, that equates to the time spent on a project that you right. can get paid and and it doesn't make sense uh, financially for a lot of videographers to partner with nonprofits and oftentimes it's like oh yeah I've worked with a nonprofit I did it um, for free and like it was really great and like they got so much joy out of that project but they can only do one every three years or something because that's all that they can you know really make work in the books and so okay now you have these brands that want to reach their consumers based on on shared values and so i saw this connection between these three spaces of creators who i guarantee everyone on youtube instagram who's creating content TikTok, everybody has at least one or two causes that they're passionate about that they want to help bring change to a space um but it's hard to find like, okay, how do I do that? Like, what action can I take? What's the call to action? How do I connect with these people? And how can I also get paid for that time and get paid for distributing that message to my audience? So then you have brands who can underwrite the whole thing. And it actually, one story that I share often is uh, the, the idea finally solidified in my mind when I was working with a nonprofit and they paid, they paid $20,000 for a six minute video. This was, I think it was like 2017. They paid $20,000 for a six minute, I would call very, very subpar like mini documentary. You could tell Ouch. it was like such a traditional like production house that put this together. Mm-hmm. Like the story was on the back burner. Like this, I'm just like, these could be such powerful stories. This could have been a series of like six videos and they could have been so powerful. And it's just like, it sat on YouTube and it had 50 views when I saw it, which has been like a year or two after it was posted. They just wanted to embed it on their website. And just like, this is such a shame that you just wasted that, that much of your resources as a nonprofit on this. And it's like a creator could have told that story a brand could have paid a creator $20,000 to tell that story and it could have reached 10 million people. Yeah. And it's just like, we can do this better, you know? There is this lack of overlap in terms of newer creators or even um, those who are really interested in uh, modern, you know, 
um, not technology, but modern social platforms versus the old school. Um, like I know people who have video production companies in my hometown and, I, and you see it, you just see it. They're still lugging around massive cameras and they're doing the thing the exact same way they did before. Um, because before the technical person was the person who was the video productionist, whereas now mm-hmm. it's the creative, somebody who can see the story and then see the angle afterwards. Those were, you know, there's, there's obviously there are like um, directors and cinematographers who do like Hollywood and do short films and documentary work. That is its own yeah. category. But then there is like production video that is for um, small to medium businesses. There is not this. There's not a big overlap. I don't know a lot of people who are um, been in the industry for like 20 years who have new cameras and who are thinking about things digital first and all that type of stuff in the way that they have their ingest of the of the of the footage and how it's cut up and what they're thinking of how this is going to go this is going to be on social this is going to be an ig all these different things we're going to shoot this vertically because the platform right it's just like all these things that you can see a a huge disparity between people who have just learned this and picked this up in the last five maybe eight years and the and the people who are doing it long before then and thinking that the the technical skills that they have is is even the most important thing because it's just not your ability to tell a story is more important nobody should really be a videographer at this point you're a video strategist you have to be thinking about story and platform and what's the call to action what's the goal of this piece of content because it's not like companies should be making one video a year or one video every two years you should be making content weekly if not daily right so it's like okay this is short-lived what's the call to action what's the goal right yeah, and people have to consider not just the story of, you know, the actual content, but what is the journey or the story of that content after it's been made? Is it oh. going to be digested here, here, and here? Or is it going to be on this platform or here or exclusive? All those different things need to be considered at the beginning. And like you said, the strategy portion um, of the marketing side is now more on the forefront uh, than ever before. Uh, like, we're, we're seeing this. Uh, in, a, in a more broad way than ever before. Like we're seeing all these different shows and personalities who are now doing these different things, not just put the camera in front of me, let me talk, but let me consider exactly what it is going to do for me afterwards and how am I going to leverage it for whatever personal gains or in your case, whatever uh, uh, cause that we can then help. Yeah. Uh, Alex, I'm so happy that you took the time to hang out with us today and to talk a little bit more about creativity, about passion, and about purpose. Um, please let people know where they can find you. You should follow her on Instagram. Her her feed is pretty dope. Um, and uh, yeah, you. please go ahead. <laughs> please go ahead. Uh, yeah, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter. TikTok. <laughs> I'm starting TikTok as many, many people are right now. But uh, YouTube is just Alex Gassaway, G A S A W A Y, also Instagram. And then Twitter is I am Alex Gassaway. Awesome. Thanks so much again. And this is the More Life Podcast. Yeah.